If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Today, we are going to tackle how to handle those common excuses. You know the ones. All of my appointments canceled. I can't reach anyone. I forgot to ask for referrals. The list is long. And if you've been coaching for a while, you know that there are plenty of them. Here's the thing about excuses. They become inevitably difficult to believe after they've been used a couple times. Right, Sabina? Yes, that's right. (laughs) And that's when frustration sets in and trust starts to go out the window. So the key is to address excuses early and effectively. Sabina, let's start by looking at rethinking excuses and the FRs who make them. Sure. So I just want to set this framework. We all come up with nice, juicy rationalizations for the things we didn't do because those things were difficult, painful, or boring. It's the human condition. So I want you to remember that reps don't get up in the morning and think, aha, how can I not do the things I need to do today and make my coach really frustrated? They mostly get up and do the best they can, and they just routinely fall short because it's a really difficult business. So overcoming excuses needs to be handled with a little empathy along with the accountability. Now, many of you have probably seen or heard what we call the top 10, the most common excuses. This comes from an exercise we used to do at our clinics several years ago. We would ask people to list the excuses they heard most often. And then we talked through them. What we found after just a couple of clinics is that they were coming up with the exact same excuses time after time. So we made them into a poster and passed it out. And then when a rep would come into an activity coach's office and make one of the excuses, the coach could turn around and point to the poster and say, hey, look, it's number five. (laughs) I love it. I think that's so funny, right? I mean, it's kind of like saying, yep, heard that before, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Maybe that should be our first product we create. We need to go back to those posters and do that again. I think so. We need to make that poster. Exactly. So here are three universal excuses that we chose to cover today. The first one is I'm running out of people to call. The second one is I ran out of time and I forgot to prospect. And the third one is I took time off to study for my fill in the blank. And search your favorite thing. Yes, exactly. So Sabina, Tell us about the two ways that you can tackle excuses. Sure. There are two ways to tackle them, and you'll be more effective if you can master both of them. So the first is tactical, which is solution-based. That's the what-to-do part. 
The other part that can be a little more challenging to talk about is philosophical because that's mindset-based. It's the how should I think about this part? So with those two things in mind, let's take a look at the three excuses we're highlighting today. So the first one, I ran out of prospects to call. I'm sure if you're new and you haven't heard this, you will shortly. And if you've been activity coaching for a while, you probably hear this on a regular basis. So let's start with tactical, what to do. So the first thing that I always recommend is that you check the number of times they're asking for referrals against their kept appointments. That's always the best place to start simply because when you're running out of people to call, if you find out that they're also not asking 80 to 100% of their appointments, that's part of the problem. Another tactical response is to review the old discover your markets, right? So that tends to be one of those things that people look at and then put away and don't look at again. So there are probably people or centers of influence in there that haven't been called yet. So it's a good place to revisit and as well as any other centers of influence that you can help them think of. Heather, what are your thoughts about the tactical response? No, I agree. I think DYM is one of the biggest. We have them put all this time and effort into creating that. And we look at it in basic stay or we have the rep present their plan and then it kind of just gets put away and that's it. And you'd be surprised how many people they chose not to call because it was a Mr. or Mrs. Big or gosh, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to that person in 10 years. So I think DYM is huge. The other thing I would add is, I don't remember which episode it was, but in an earlier episode, we talked about the art of questions and the importance of asking questions. And it's great because it allows us or it reminds us that the client has all the answers. So I really think asking them for their own tactical responses. Where do you hang out? Is it at the gym? Is it church? Do you volunteer somewhere? Are you at your kid's school, Girl Scouts, you know, whatever, all the places, but let them do some brainstorming with you. Exactly. So that brings us to the philosophical response to running out of prospects. So the first thing is you've got to change your attitude. You have to help people change their attitude about prospecting. If you have heard of or believe in the law of attraction, you do attract what you think about. So if you're always thinking about running out of prospects or that you lack prospects, that's probably going to be your reality. And to Heather's point, you've got to stimulate their thinking with some questions about what they think they should do on this issue. One of the early mistakes I made as a new activity coach was thinking that I had to have all the answers, right? So I would really work to let them know that I knew what I was talking about here, try this and try this and try this. And then what would happen is they would go and try it and they'd come back and they'd say, oh, Sabina, that didn't work. What else you got? And then all of a sudden, all the pressure of solving the problem was on me. I also think that one of the things that you can do if you've really pushed them and they claim that they've tried everything they possibly can, I have said this and Heather, I know you have too. I just say in a very sympathetic tone, well, then I guess this is as good as it's going to get for you. And you just have to help them see that if they choose not to become a disciplined prospector, that has a consequence. Heather, I know you've had some experience with that phrase too. Yeah, I laugh every time I hear it because it's kind of a heavy comment, right? Well, I guess it's as good as it's going to get for you. But the fact of the matter is you're at a point where you don't know how to help anymore and they do need to make that realization. And sometimes it's the things that make people pause is when it really sinks in. In place of this is as good as it's going to get for you, I have some of my favorite excuse quotes that I'll throw in there. Excuses only satisfy those who make them. So I've shared that one in the past. Or when I've absolutely had it and I'm fed up, I'll say, well, you can make excuses or you can make progress. You get to choose. Yep. And then excuses will be there for you. Opportunity won't. 
right? So I think sometimes they just need to hear it. <laughs> yes, they do. And the response you get when I say that, sometimes this is going to get, they're like, wait, you can't say that to me. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I think I just did. Okay, so the second excuse that you're probably, if you haven't already, going to hear pretty frequently is I, and this is especially true when they're newer, when they're brand new, like in that first few weeks, I forgot to ask for prospects and or I ran out of time, right? Because sometimes they're just not as skilled at managing the meeting yet. So tactically speaking, I always like to get details. Tell me more about that. Tell me how that meeting went. And I make them get, I mean, this is activity coaching. A piece of it is kind of getting in the weeds with people, right? Like really making them go through the meetings in detail. I ask if they use an agenda. And if they say no, I'd say, well, would you be willing to give that a try? Some people are like, nah, I don't know. And and so I say, you don't have to pull it out and put it on the table, but you need to have yourself organized. So maybe it's only for you. There's just a lot of ways that you can not forget to prospect. Bright colored sticky notes, a page that says prospect. I mean, there's just a ton of different ways. I find it interesting that prospecting is the only thing people forget to do, right? Like no one ever forgets to take a fact finder. They don't forget to ask for the business. They only forget to prospect. Isn't that convenient? So one of the other things is I ask about how they're getting the affirmative. How are they transitioning from the end of that fact finder to the prospecting process. And and sometimes you can really find out a lot about the exact verbiage they're using to make that transition. The only piece I would add is oftentimes I think saying they forgot is an excuse for, I don't know my language. Right. (laughs) That's when I will throw in a role play. I'll say, okay, oh, you forgot it. No problem. I said, let's do a little role play. And so we do a role play and then it comes out terribly and it's clear they just don't know their language. And then you follow that up with, is it possible that maybe you forgot to ask because you were uncomfortable or because you didn't know what to say. And then it's kind of quiet afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like role play gets rid of that excuse pretty quickly when you realize they're not forgetting, they just are choosing not to. Exactly. And sometimes when you ask that, do you ever get the response of, well, it's different depending (laughs) on who I'm in front of, which tells you a lot also, right? right? (laughs) It doesn't sound like that when I do it for real. Yeah, it's interesting. So philosophically speaking, if they're consistently forgetting, then it's just not a habit yet right? Like you don't forget to brush your teeth in the morning, right? That's just something you do automatically. And that's how we want some of these pieces of the sales process to be. Part of the philosophical response really comes down to their having the courage to prospect, just having the guts to take the risk during that part of the meeting to get the prospecting job done. And then also a lot of times people feel like they can't prospect until they brought value. So you've got to say, well, what value do you think you brought to this meeting? And get them to articulate that. So that's a big one. All right. So our last excuse for this episode is I took time off to study for my, and you just insert your favorite test, designation, whatever it is. In the beginning, it's usually investment related, right? It's the six, the 63, the seven, whatever it is that they're working on. Tactically speaking, I always encourage them to schedule the test. Like I ask them, when is your test scheduled? And if it isn't, I encourage them to do it because we tend to gather a little more energy around something when we're marching toward a deadline. So if you don't have the thing scheduled, you can just endlessly study toward it and not ever get it done. So I like to help them map out a study plan that doesn't interfere with the workday. I always like to ask people too, how do you like to study? People study differently. Some people are very disciplined and they can study for 40 minutes a day, seven days a week, and that's how they absorb the material. 
Other people like, and I'm kind of this way, they like the immersion process, right? Like they study a little bit and then they start to study more and more as they get closer to the test. And they might take a day or two, certainly not a week, a day or two to study because the test and then immediately take the test. Some offices I know create study groups, especially when you've got a group of new reps who are working on the same thing and they can study together and take the test in a similar time frame. That seems to help as well. Philosophically speaking, there's always going to be something to study for, right? You're always going to be working on something. If you're growing in the business, there's always going to be a test or a designation. But the key is you're only getting paid, so to speak, when you're face-to-face with people. So that has to kind of take precedence. Getting out there and working while you're studying, it just requires a little bit of extra time and attention. One of the quotes that that I sort of came up with in the business, and Heather, you probably did too, is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. A lot of times I've seen people take days and weeks off and study. And the truth is they're not really studying the entire time. And then sometimes they don't even pass the test. They take all this time and then they don't pass it. Then you're right back to square one. So I always remind them this is a temporary situation, right? You're going to pass the test and then you're going to tick it off the list. But there's always going to be something. So you've got to build a study habit that's going to last you through your career. Heather, what are your thoughts on that? This is one of those, this excuse specifically, like, oh, I took time off to study for whatever. I feel like I've become more lenient, but not if that makes sense over the years. And I guess what I mean by that is we've always said like you can't study during working hours. No, studying during working hours. And what I have found is just life in general has changed in terms of the way we operate. Like work has blended into home life. Home life has blended into work life. And there's kind of those straight boundaries or clear boundaries aren't necessarily there anymore. And so what I've told reps that I'm coaching is, As long as you are doing what you need to do activity-wise, I don't care when you study. You can study at eight in the morning, at noon, at two in the afternoon, doesn't matter to me, but you need to keep your activity up. Activity has to take precedence. So I'm not as much a stickler on when they're studying as much as they are that you just need to do both. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's not one or the other. You can't, like you said, the excuse was take time off. You can't take time off. I don't care when you do it, but you still have to do your job. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a great way to look at it. So these three excuses are obviously just that. There are three excuses, three of the most common ones. But in our clinic, obviously, we dive into, we specifically chose these today because we don't cover them in the clinic. In our activity coaching clinics, we actually dive into different ones. So definitely check out some of our classes and courses if you want to learn more about overcoming excuses. In the meanwhile, though, now it is time for our... Say Say that that again. again. Okay, so we are going to just do a role play. So Heather's going to be the financial rep. I'm going to be the coach. And we're going to role play the middle of an activity coaching meeting where Heather's telling me that she kept three appointments, but she ran out of time or forgot to prospect in all of those appointments. So we're just going to start where we cover that. So Heather, let's see, you kept three appointments yesterday, but you didn't ask any of them for referrals. No. Yeah, it was great that you kept three. I mean, that's exciting, right? Like that's what we want you to do. Yeah. But those were three opportunities for prospecting and you were 0 for 3 on that. So help me understand. Tell me a little bit about what happened in those meetings where you missed those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, the first one was just, I don't know how to explain it. It was just a weird meeting. There really wasn't much of a connection. I got really short responses and answers. They were just, I don't know, just not into it. And I thought, eh... We'll see how the close goes and I'll ask then. 
so you did schedule another appointment with them. I did. Yeah. Okay. And so even though they were kind of short and you didn't feel real connection, they obviously felt they got enough of something in that meeting to go forward. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think they really just want to see the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't seem too excited about me or about the process, but they were just like, yep, that sounds good. Let's see the plan, put something together. I would look at that and say, that's the process doing its work, right? The process, they're into the process and going forward. So what do you think would have happened if you had asked for referrals? I guess the worst that would have happened is they would have said no. <laughs> right. And what would be the best that would have happened? Maybe they would have given me a name or two. I get it. I mm-hmm. should have asked. <laughs> well, because it might be perfunctory, then maybe that's just their way of communicating. Yeah. So that's where all the times that I say to you, let the process do its work. That's mm-hmm. kind of an example of what I'm talking about. If okay. you had just automatically let your process work, who knows? I don't know how it would have turned out. You don't know how it would have turned out, but that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> that we don't know. Right. What about the other one? I know you did some joint work yesterday. I did. Yeah, that was my joint work partner. It was running tight on time and they were running the meeting and I was hoping they'd toss it back to me, but they didn't. So, Mm -hmm. And what happened when you planned with them ahead of the appointment to include prospecting? What what was that conversation like? Yeah, I didn't have it. I probably should have. I could have called them ahead of time and made sure they saved some time for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So looking at those two in particular, what might you do differently going forward to avoid both of those scenarios? follow the process and ask regardless of how I think the meeting is going. And obviously I need to be talking to my joint work partner ahead of time, plan a little bit in advance. Yeah, because you're doing a great job of seeing people. So I just want for you to take advantage of all those opportunities because you've gotten great referrals when you've asked in the past. So we know that you're a good prospector. Yep. So we just want to make sure you take advantage of everything that's available to you. Sounds good. All right, Sabine, I have to tell you, stepping out of role play now, it's so funny being on this side, right? I'm used to coaching, not being the (laughs) rep. And I'm sitting here. It's a good exercise, right? Because it makes you wonder what's going through the rep's mind. And I can't help but think, in a way, I'm annoyed, right? That we're having this conversation, but I'm annoyed at myself. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I know these things. I know I'm supposed to talk to the joint partner ahead of time. I know I should ask every time. Right. But what it does (laughs) is it helps me realize that I knew these things (laughs) and it's my own fault, right? right? So it really does force you to take ownership it's on the rep. Mm-hmm. I feel like it goes to what you always say, which is the client has the answers. Yes, it's so true. That's what it's you so always true. say. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for our discussion on excuses. We hope you can join us next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.